Hey, everybody. This is Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and it is a very special episode of Two, Two, Oh, Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. And it's a very good one because we got none other than somebody that just debuted in AEW, none other than the legendary Crowbar. Crowbar, thanks for joining me and my degenerate brother today. Degenerate brother, that's why. <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. And Dominic, before you go any further, one of the first guys that got behind what I was doing. That guy right there, you, uh, very much appreciated. You, you were there from the very infancy of what I was trying to do. You were the guy putting it out there. And that actually encouraged me, prompted me to keep doing it. There were a few, I did one promo called who are you? Boom. Right. The very beginning. Yes. Cody responded to that. That got a, a whole bunch of views. I said, okay, this is cool. Maybe I should keep doing this. And had you not picked up on a, what I was doing, I could honestly say maybe I, I wouldn't have been as encouraged to continue. So thank you. You know, uh, I'm a big, big believer in, in uh, the chaos theory, you know, the wind moving a butterfly here and there. And that was one of the things that encouraged me to do what I was doing. Uh, just want you to know that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, and the, like just the work that you have been doing on those vignettes and everything like that, it's neat to see because like so many talent today that's that do the that try that are trying to get in the business and stuff they don't take advantage of that they don't make the most of those things and so to see a veteran like you be able to do that and kind of reinvent yourself in a lot of ways and find a unique way to engage with an audience uh by blurring the lines a lot of the times that you do with those vignettes uh i think it spoke a lot to like what the business can do and what people can learn from you as well. So uh, yeah, I got some, I mean, blurring the lines is fun. Talk about like some hate messages and (laughs) some, uh, you know, it's, I love wrestling. I love all genres of wrestling some more than others, but in general, I love wrestling. Uh, But when my character got on certain types of wrestling, it really rubbed some people the wrong way. And it elicited some, visceral responses and i was like yeah cool the way doing so you know in this day and age it's hard to make people believe in santa claus (laughs) and i think with those promos they believed in santa claus would be the evil santa claus from wwe (laughs) uh and it was really really cool and i would bounce the promos off my wife i would bounce them off Daphne was a great sounding board for me. And Alicia would go, Chris Biz, you're such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's working. My wife would go, that's not you. Why are you saying? I go, I'm, I'm just trying to be a bad guy. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Uh, but I took my wife by surprise. I took Daphne by surprise. Uh, there were a handful of friends that were great, big wrestling fans that I would bounce these off of. And I go, you're such a dick. <laughs> what, <the hell? laughs> yeah. what happened to this you? This isn't Chris Ford. What's wrong with you? Is this the pandemic doing this to you? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. But that's how it all started, too. It was the fact that uh, being in healthcare, there were some isolated independent shows going on. I, again, not fashionable from the time that I came in to express your love for this business. I love this business more than anything. And it was taken away yes. because I work in healthcare. I'm a physical therapist. Uh, 
if you went out anywhere in in public or if you left a state, you would have to quarantine for two weeks and I couldn't afford to do it. So that thing that I loved was snatched away. I said, how am I going to do this? And uh, I, I got on and I experimented with being a heel one weekend on Twitter. The people got behind it and there was a lot of young fans and, and the response I kept saying, who are you boomer? You suck. Who, who are you? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll have fun with this. I'll be the first promo and that was my outlet during covid lockdown when i really needed to do something wrestling related yeah it's a it's a good it's therapeutic to do that kind of stuff and express creativity when you can when you're kind of yeah in a confine you're limited to be able to do that so absolutely man it's uh yeah for sure it's an it was an adjustment but uh we all made it through so far yes so far (laughs) But, uh, um, you know, you know, uh, Crowbar, you had uh, mentioned Daphne and, you know, I wanted to say, first of all, sorry for the loss. I know that she yeah. was a, oh, she was a close you, friend of yours. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but Huge I just loss wanna, of the business. Such a oh great my person. Gosh. You know, everything you see and read about her, you know, just such a such, such a shining light. Um, so I just we got her spot in this week, though. So that was good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That um, Frankensteiner that I. I texted Joe, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Oh, no, no. Somebody posted the first Frankensteiner she ever did with Shane Helms. And we all got together in the back. Shane and me and Daphne used to travel together. And we say, Shannon, you do gymnastics, right? Yeah. And we started thinking about. So we all got around and said, how can we get Daphne off? She's getting over. She's getting over. Fans like her. She's crazy. So we practiced that Frankensteiner over and over again. And then that was her first spot. And what I wanted to do. I didn't want to overtly go out there and, you know, you you know, people will accuse you in this crazy age of trying to exploit somebody else's misfortune to further yourself. So I thought a great subtle nod for the people that know what's going on. That spot was her very first spot. And we did it from the same corner done the exact same way. And those who know, know, and that was just friggin' awesome. That was it. That's awesome. man. Same exact corner. From the hard cam, and it, it was awesome. That's so cool, Un- unbelievably cool. You got to to pay your respects to her because, yeah, I mean, it, what a. I, I was telling Dom, you know, it's one of my favorite all time wrestlers. I always loved Daphne, so it was, it was a huge loss. But you know, rather than focusing on the sad, I was wondering, do you have any any fun stories that we could we could you could share on on Daphne? All I uh, one of my favorite ones, and I still talk about it <laughs> with my wife whenever we have a coffee once in a while. We were in Oklahoma. And we were rushing to get to the building and I'm a coffee addict. I, uh, uh, during high school, I started my pro wrestling training. I would drive down to iron Mike sharp school, get back two in the morning. I was a junior in high school and I would coffee up in the morning. Fast forward. I go to college, a physical therapy school, very, very demanding curriculum often after a weekend full of independent dates. And I would have my thermos and I would just down coffee. So we're doing a date in Oklahoma. We're sitting at, at a table and I get like, like a bagel. The day of a show, I eat light. I, I, I don't feel right. If I eat too much, I, I feel like a whale. If I eat too much, maybe it's more psychosomatic than anything else, but I, I have my coffee and I have something else. And I guess the a waitress was not happy, was not too pleased that I was ordering so small. <laughs> Daphne had like, a, had a full breakfast and I have, my coffee and I go, can I please have a refill? 
and we're waiting. And we're waiting. And I'm jonesing. And I'm jonesing. <laughs> but the finally, like, she just goes there. She's sitting by her plate. She goes, you know you're not getting that coffee crow bar. And that's, it was just like, you know you're not getting it. And it was just a delivery, the way she did it. It was so funny. Uh, she always had a way to light up the room. You know, she, she would walk in. It was like a ray of sunshine. Boom, smiling. Everybody loved her. She just brought the room up. The, the energy, the positivity of a room that it just brought up. And she was an extremely creative person, uh, actress by trade. And a lot of these things that I did over, over the past 16 months, 14 months, whatever it was, I sounded, I used her as a sounding board. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And she gave me brutal, constructive criticism. Some were great. Some were like, she was like, no, this sucks. You need to change this. And it helped me grow. And so she was, people don't realize that she was an integral part of this character. We had hypothetical situations of, if something were to happen, how we could introduce her back into the fold too. And, you know, unfortunately it just, you know, isn't going to happen, but uh, we would just sit and we would bring some, I, you know, like I say, I work like crazy. I do the daddy thing, the husband thing. So I, I, I would often call when I was doing my cardio and that would be our, our conversation, like eight, nine in the morning. And I'd have my headphones on and I'd be sweating, huffing and puffing and just discussing what I'm thinking. And, and, we had all these grandiose ideas and uh, just unfortunately, you know, you know, they're not going to play out just the way we might've wanted them to. Unfortunately. It's, it's so unfortunate. And I think it's this whole week with the knockouts knockdown that went place and the, the them paying homage to her with the, the monsters ball match. And she is somebody I, Marcus and I were talking about it too. She is somebody that was so ahead of her time as a women's wrestler, like, if, if she was here to like, if she was in the thick of her prime today to uh, she been his top, top oh. star, holy smoke, Ab- huge, star. huge way, star. way ahead of the time. Yep. Uh huh. Absolutely. So no, it's uh yeah, she was such a sweetheart from what I heard. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm sorry for your loss too, man. It, it was tough for a lot. Yeah. Um, I did want to just talk about, yeah, your experience at AEW uh, and it going from uh, Joey Janela uh, you, you rehabbed him. And so talk about just getting that, your connection with Joey Janela and then, uh, how, how that all unfolded for you. How did, how did it all start it with, uh, okay. getting the news about dark and everything? Since we're going to discuss this, it's probably going to disappoint my followers and fans on regular. I do not drink wine on the regular. I what? don't, I'm sorry, <laughs> but in light of this, you're the guy that really picked up on the promos. It's a big week. I want to say cheers to you, cheers Cheers. to your show, cheers to Tony Khan, QT Marshall, Joey Janela, whoever's in that office that okayed me coming in. Uh, Thank you. Cheers to the Blue Meanie, a friend of mine for so long, never worked like that. And for us to do that that night, it was just friggin' awesome. Cheers to all involved. And thanks for all the people that got behind this friggin' douchey crazy character that i created and this is just a a victory drink right here i'm with you brother heck yeah cheers congratulations thank you all right I like it so so i'm made a post last night and it was crazy 
in 2014, I had taken about a year off, maybe, maybe more. You know, I've, I always stayed active on the independence once or twice a month, usually. Uh, as I opened my business and I became busy, I became a dad twice, got married. There were times when just life was so crazy uh, that I just couldn't participate. And I would go four, six, occasionally eight months to a year without wrestling. Uh, and 2014 rolls around, I'm in and out, you know, uh, I still love wrestling, but you know, kind of, eh, should I stop doing this? Should I do this and that? And I got a call from a local promoter, Ricky Otazu, great friend of mine. And he goes, I'd love to put you with this guy, Joey Janela. And admittedly I'm out of the loop. I'm, I'm not, I love wrestling. I'm watching wrestling on the TV when I can, but I'm not I'm not immersed in it. Like I, I'm not up on all these new talents. Right. Right. And he sends me some tapes and I'm blown away. I'm like, wow, I really want to work with this guy. Maybe I'm done. Maybe not, but I would like to, if I'm possibly done, I'd like to go out working with this guy. And that video is up on YouTube. And uh, so I come out, I'm in okay shape, little flabby, uh, been off for about a year. If not more, I forget the exact Time frame and uh, we tear it up. We go, I, I believe, twenty minutes at least. Chairs, guardrails, wild shit, wrestling, and uh, it it reignites this flame inside me. For I never lost it totally, but as you get older, you just start to think: Should I do this? Should I do that? Is it time to walk away? And then I have that match. Fuck no. No, this is now, now it's back. And then Ricky brings us back for a, I'm not sure if it's a no DQ table ladder, whatever there, there were ladders, there were tables, there were chairs, there were all kinds. And we just murder each other. We friggin', I mean, I come out all banged up. He comes out all bad. We friggin', and I love it. And it's awesome. Uh, and that gets me back into doing regular independent shows again. And the bug bites me. And I see Joey here and there. And we work again uh, in uh, Freehold, New Jersey. It was a three-way match, I believe, with Joey and Chris Dickinson, which was fun. Nice. And then me and Joey work for a, a show called Forza Lucha they have each year. It's a charity show of some sort. And that's the first time that I work Joey with this entourage you see in my videos, big Adam Payne and my wife, and we tear it up there. Uh, again, so I'm still doing indies here and there, maybe once a month, once every, every two months, just enough to feed the addiction. Like the character is not a stretch from real life. It's, it's my real life with an amplifier on it. I, you know, I'm not being snarky. Life is good. Thank God for my business. Thank God for my family. Thank God for my kids. But it's a sick, sick compulsion and an <laughs> yeah. addiction. And I got to do this shit. And again, it's not fashionable when you're a professional. Wrestling. Maybe now it is. But when I broke in, it was taboo. It was not fashionable to express how much you love wrestling. I fucking love wrestling. Part of my language. You can beat hey, that out. You can out. swear all the time. Uh, no, we swear uh, all the time. Yeah, we don't mind uh, you could beep that out, but uh, so and I get back in, in the, like doing this. So then, uh, 
I'm running my business and I get a call from Danny DeManto. He goes, did you hear about Joey? I said, no, what happened? I'm not on social media a lot. I at, at that time, now I'm on Twitter a lot. At that time, I think I joined Twitter in 2017 just because everybody told me, oh, you have to get on Twitter. Got to get on Twitter. Sure, yeah. I joined in, I joined in 2017. I never used it until uh, it had to be late November or December of 2019 when I did the Ring of Honor thing. But yeah, it, yeah. it just lay dormant. It just lay dormant for years because I just didn't have time. I would usually do a Facebook. It's more tame. And it would be more for my business, my family. I, I would do a little wrestling here and there, but it was just my hometown promotion of my business and keeping in touch with family. So I had no idea what had happened to Joey. He sent me a clip and I heard his knee was banged up and yada, yada. He goes, he, he, he really needs a rehab. Can you take care of him? So me and Joey spent probably six, seven months together. He had a serious knee injury, giant scar. And we always got along great. We clicked great when we worked. There was just that instant chemistry. And I loved working with him. I love working with younger guys. A lot of veterans say, hey, put me out there with somebody that'll, you know, we, we do an easy, easy, a solid match. Yeah. I don't want to do an easy match. Right. I, I, I want to go out there and I want to tear shit up. And so me and him clicked. It was great having him there. It was great seeing his progress. He, he had a rough road. He had a lot of scar tissue that laid down in his knee. He endured a lot. I mean, he really doesn't get the credit he should have, he didn't have an easy rehab. He worked his friggin' ass off and I could see the way he talked. He wanted to be part of Adam so friggin' bad. He didn't want to miss it. He worked his friggin' ass off and we just formed a great rapport there. Uh, after he rehabbed, I think it was maybe a, a year later, we had a show at St. Mary's high school in my hometown that I promoted. There's, clips of that on line somewhere where we 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 killed each other way 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 too much for a family show but it was awesome <laughs> and i just loved it uh i'll send them to you it's a lot of fun yes yeah, and uh definitely. and then qt reached out around summer and uh he said we might bring you in joe joe we really want to work with you yada 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 and that was around the end of july and i'm excited but again, coming from the time that I come from, wrestling is wrestling. Anything could happen. I'll believe it when I'm there. So sure, yeah. a month goes by. You know, they go to Newark, New Jersey, which is right by my house. I don't hear anything. They go to Arthur Ashe. I don't hear anything. Then I get the call the week before Philly. And now, but I've been preparing. I've yeah. always been, you know, for the past, since COVID hit, I've been preparing. That's when I, that enabled me to to come out to do the super eight that enabled me to do the JCW slash GCW show. I prepare for this. So I think for the first time in my career, I was as prepared as I could be. It wasn't like I got the call and it's like, Oh shit, I have oh boy. A to drop, <laughs> yeah. drop 30 pounds. I was ready. So it was very relaxed. I was able to enjoy the fact that I'm going there and it sunk in and I'm, I'm, prepared i'm extremely confident i knew going in there was going to be a lot of naysayers oh why they're bringing this old this old guy and i'm sure he he can't do anything and i wanted to go out there and 
make a lot of people put their foot in their mouth. Yeah, you did it, man. Because I mean, something that I've seen for you over the course of your career, like with Bachelor and cheers back, again. Yes, cheers <laughs> again for uh, the course of your career and going over the course of your matches and stuff. Um, you were such a smooth worker, and uh, I think that was really conveyed in the time that you and Joey had together in on on Dark Elevation. I think um, just like you doing the the Vader bomb off the guardrail was a very neat spot. But then I. I was telling Marcus about it too, before uh, I even set up the interview with you. I was like, he did like a Northern light suplex onto a chair. And I was like, it was super fucking smooth. <laughs> so if you go back to that cage match with, with Sabu from like 2020, 2001, 2002, whenever it is, if you Google, I mean, YouTube crowbar Sabu cage, I use that way back then it was on a pay-per-view that not many people saw. Uh -huh. I've used it on independent shows in front of 50 people here or there. And I, it always got a great reaction. It always got a great response in the back. I'm shocked. It hasn't been ripped off yet. I'm totally, <laughs> it's a I'm, great move. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be now. Uh, it's, and it's one of the things when I look at my wrestling now, not just for me, but for my opponent as a veteran, when I was younger, we just went balls out. Let's just do it. Yada, yada, yada. Now I try to choose things that look cool are easy to do for me and opponent and they're safe. And, and the majority of my moves, it's not all moves, check all those boxes off. My job is to excite the fans, make it look good, but also to make sure that my opponent leaves. And one of the biggest compliments I got was I worked with Ricky Shane page for JCW. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. We did the light tubes and all this type of stuff. I ain't going to give away how I, I did that. But we did a lot of crazy stuff and he came back. He goes, wow, that was, that was really easy. But if you watch the match, we did a lot of stuff that looked nuts. Yeah, I bet. And that's what I pride myself on. I, I want to produce what appears to be a hard hitting, exciting match where people go, wow, that was nuts. And I want both of us to come back to the locker room and say, oh shit, that was easy. Yeah. And if you could do that, that's the magic. Absolutely. Like the biggest compliment. Yeah. You know, no you were you were safe while while looking dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to and do I it. And I developed that as I got older. When I was younger, took a lot of risks that I I mean, I I honestly hear and this is a shoot. I probably could have died about two, three times with some stupid stuff that I've done in hindsight that I said, Oh my god, what the hell was I thinking? As I'm older now there's ways to make shit look crazy and still safe. It, you just got to put in the time and the thought and the analysis. There's ways to do magically looking cool shit safely. And you just got to put the time in. What would you say was the, the most dangerous spot you've ever attempted? Oh, wow. There was one that, that never made it to TV. Uh, it's in uh, WCW uh, during my feud with the wall. He threw me off the side of the Tron. He put me through the announce table from the ring to the announce table, which I believe, and I'll, I'll say to it to this day, somebody proved me wrong. I believe it's as far as the timing and the danger involved, probably the greatest choke slam in this industry. Prove me wrong. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was on thunder. Not many people saw it. I posted it a few times on uh, my timeline. It's, on Thunder, if you look up me in the wall. Okay. Uh, from Thunder, we, we literally go, he 
grabs me on the apron and we literally go down and we go out six feet plus both our bodies in the air through the announce table. Shane McMahon did something similar. The undertaker grabbed him off the top of the, uh, and flung him. yeah. And, and he flung him. me and the wall joined. We both jumped up and out both our bodies, at least six feet. I have no idea how he didn't shatter both his knees with all of our weight coming down. Uh, but I, I will stand by that. That is the greatest choke slam in the history of pro wrestling. Prove me wrong. And if you disagree, F you. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I like but so during that time, uh, they wanted to to do a choke slam through three stacked tables off of the mezzanine, okay. uh, you know, the side of the fans there. Yeah. And they had laid out stunt boxes to catch me. So I'm up at least 20 feet. The wall has me by the neck and, and, and it was just going to be a drop. I know how to take wrestling bumps. I'm not a trained stunt man. So what I didn't realize is that they wanted me to just kick my feet up and fall. I gave myself a little push out. I hit from that height the last row of boxes with my shoulders Ooh. enough to rotate and roll to my feet. If I was a little further out, my skull would have been like, oh my god, a coconut brains all over. The, and that's a shoot. And that was when I really started looking at what I'm doing. I said I could have effing died here. I really, I'm all for doing great stuff, crazy stuff, but I have to be more careful that would that was probably the the my my aha moment where okay, okay gotta be a little you can still do this and i still you can still do crazy stuff but you gotta really analyze and be smart about it because yeah. i should have been dead i should have been dead it's scary stuff like to to you know if you get a wake-up call like that you're just it's and it's good you because sometimes people just don't like i'm sure until it's too late don't until it's too late i hit the last row of the boxes which absorb your fall and my shoulders and head hit it and I literally rolled over to my feet with a ton of momentum. I would have been done. Man, man. Geez, Boy, that's that's scary. Wild. Well, let's talk Needless about- to say that spot was scrapped for the night. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine that. <laughs> I could imagine that. Uh, well, talk about too, uh, the atmosphere. We have 10 minutes to bar. So if we need be, we'll just hop back out and hop back in real quick, but sure. That's fine. Talk, talk about real quick. Um, how the atmosphere was backstage in the AAW locker room and the dynamic there. Talk about all that. I'll be totally open. And I've never been like this. Uh, I grew up an extremely awkward child. I was heavy. Uh, you could sometimes see it in my interviews. I had the worst speech impediment. I used to be, be petrified when they would call on me to read in school, like in grade school, when it was my turn, you know, they go up and down the rows and read. And, uh, so it's really cool that I'm, I'm being known for doing promos now. It's crazy. Yeah, how about that? Uh, but extremely socially awkward person. And even when I first got involved in wrestling, I'm meeting these larger-than-life guys, guys that are established. That made me even more socially awkward. If somebody came to me first and let me know that it was cool, I, I would establish reports very, very, very easily. When that uh, connection is made, then I could just flow with it. But in the old school wrestling locker rooms, it was very territorial with the veterans and it was just very different. So sometimes I may have been seen as rude. I, I, I always said hello to people, but I didn't, I, 
wasn't overtly social because it was I I was whenever I would form a new relationship, I was out of my skin completely. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. It just, it wasn't something that Chris Ford was accustomed to. I grew up and I said, extremely socially awkward person throughout high school. Uh, And it, it was only after I got my professional license as a physical therapist. And I started to do stuff in pro wrestling that you start to get this confidence about you. Right. right. And I'm so socially awkward. We know each other from you know, the past year. And, uh, you know, it, so we could have this exchange and it's totally cool, but I have never gone into a locker room and I'm not just saying this because I was just there. It was a different culture. I never fit the old school wrestling culture and everybody was welcoming there were a lot of old wcw fans there were fans that knew my work as crowbar fans there were workers that knew my work as crowbar there were people that knew my work as devin storm there were people that knew my work tagging with ace darling as a tag team and they they were a welcoming locker room i refer to myself as a guy i think i have one foot in the old school one foot in the new school. I was probably the first guy to bring video games to a hotel room. I was probably the first guy to study on, on the road and I was abused because of it. I mean, and not nicely, but that's, it made me a stronger person. Sure. I I feel like this was a whole locker room filled with 19 year old Chris Fords. And it, (laughs) it was super, super cool. It was super inviting. And I felt at home and it was, I've never felt that comfortable initially off the bat in a wrestling locker room ever. Like, again, not to beat a dead horse, my entire life, extremely socially awkward until I know somebody and I'm comfortable with somebody. And, and I felt super comfortable with everybody there. It was totally awesome. That's what I hear about it all the time is how welcoming of an environment it is and how positive an environment it is, is backstage. At, yeah. Do it. A bunch the of AW people shows. that love wrestling mm-hmm. as much as I profess to love wrestling. It was awesome. Did you get to talk to Tony Khan at all too? Very briefly yeah. uh, because he's, he's a busy guy that night of, of the show. Uh, he thanked me for coming. I thanked him about six times for having me. And uh, it was just, it, it was really cool to meet him, but I, you know, you don't want to talk the owner's ear 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 off when he's clearly doing so, a million so much stuff. He's spinning yeah. a lot of plates. So, yeah. but uh, I just made sure, uh, like a couple times, that I expressed to him how much it meant. You know, uh, it was really cool to be there. That's awesome. You, know, you always you always hear about what a what a Shark Tank environment, the uh, WCW backstage environment, could be like. Uh, do you have any uh, particular stories on uh, on I, I don't, maybe not necessarily like in a bad situation for you, but like some of the old school ribs, some of the differences between now and then? I remember one, and everybody knew what was going on. Uh, I was very close with the wall. Uh, we were close friends. We started out in wrestling school together, and then for us to have a feud on WCW many years later. That that was awesome. And near the end of WCW, I'm not exactly sure where or when, they were giving him a push and he had done a tag match with Sid. Wall was huge, looked great, but at, 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 at that time he was a little soft. He had a belly. He wore his shirt out, cut off, had, had big, big arms. But he had a shirt to conceal his body, but he was getting over and one of the things I got him over was him throwing me through shit. That was one of the things I got him over. But uh he 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 was out there for one night. 
I forget the details of why, but he was a baby face with Sid. And Sid looks great. Sid, Sid. And they win the match. And we all know what Jerry, what Jerry the Wall looks like without his shirt. He's impressive. He's big. But he's not in super ripped shape like you saw him when he was Malice in, in a TNA impact, show. Impact, yeah, 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 Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sid and him win. Sid's doing a pose. And Sid goes up to him. You can find us wherever it is. I'm not sure the exact week. And Sid's going... Take it off, take it off. Like he wants him to pose with him. Uh-huh. And it was clear that he was just having him pose with him so that people could see that Sid's in great shape and the wall's in shit shape. And the wall was getting uh, over. He was uh, getting a push. And that was that was to me the ultimate in Shark Tank. Let let me force this guy into a situation where it looks like I'm telling him to pose. He has to take off his shirt and he's gonna. And he's going to expose the fact that he's not in the best shape under his outfit that by design conceals the fact that he's not in great shape. Yeah, that's not right. No, uh, poor guy. That's a little, that's some insecurity there kicking in for, for old Sid. I would say <laughs> that's a little bit of like, Hey, uh, getting territorial. <laughs> yeah. He's always, and he's always been great to me. I've never had to work with him personally, but the wall was my friend and you know, I was pretty shitty to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And pretty manipulative. And it was, you know, that's all. But, you know, it's and I just felt bad because that was my friend. Uh, he wasn't a guy that I was a co-worker with. That was my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And we all knew it in, in the back. The guys were around the monitor and everybody would, and a and a collective groan filled and everybody knew what was going on. Yeah, everybody, everybody got the hint of it. And I'm sure like, yeah, Sid, Sid, I'm sure had a reputation with a lot of the boys backstage. I don't know any of the details about it, but I'm sure there was some, uh, some people do what he's probably up to a lot right off Whatever. the bat too, you know? It was always nice to me, but that was just kind of douchey. You know, that's yeah. how, 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 that's how, how I feel about it. And what I feel would be the best example of a, a shark tank moment. And, you know, you know, like another bigger guy coming up, through the ranks and getting over. Let me make this guy look like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Under yeah. the guise of me showing the crowd that, Hey, we're going to pose together. Yeah. 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 We're, we're a couple baby faces together. <laughs> and that's not it. All right. So this is part two with crowbar crowbar. Uh, so we did talk about uh, your experience at AEW and stuff like that. Who, as far as talent goes uh, that you got to meet and interact with, who, who really stood out to you from an in-ring perspective? Uh they all i say this collectively not just about aew but as the business in general the athleticism is off the friggin hook it's crazy uh you know way back when i started out two cold scorpio was doing a one and a half and i was blowing people's minds now you got people doing one and a half turns with a corkscrew and it's uh it's an incredible, incredible bunch of athletes. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I, I really follow the product. Uh, not to, from the get-go, I started to watch when it started. And it's and nothing against WWE. I was more invested in watching that because it was new. Mm-hmm. You wanted to see what's gonna happen. What it's you want to see something evolve, you want to watch the evolution how the fans were in this day and age how they reacted to covid and not have, have not being able to have fans there i watched all all of the darks from uh 
the Daily's Place, you know, and, and all the episodes from the Daily's Place. So it, it was fun after all these years to have a major company and watch what they could do. And I love a lot of the talent, although Crowbar, the character, will talk total shit about oh, a lot absolutely. of the styles, whatever. <laughs> it, it was awesome seeing these talents. Uh, it, and I would I, I just envision, and I'm a total wrestling geek. I have a marble notepad in every room where I have a TV. And I'm ADD. ADHD. It was just never diagnosed when I was a kid. Sure. And yeah. I'm like, and and I'm like, when I get, I'm very passionate, very compulsive when I'm excited about something. So I, I have these pads in every room, and I would write stuff down if I'm gonna, if I ever have the opportunity. Probably not gonna happen. If I ever had the opportunity to work with Kenny Omega, okay, and that's on this page. John Moxley, Joey Janela, who. I've had a ton of spots with, I know which ones work, but we came up with more spots and I would run and that's just, and I would watch as a fan and also as a worker. I'm not, although it was very fashionable back in the day, I'm not a call in the ring guy. I can call it in the ring. I can do it. I'm a very photographic memory guy. I like to create, I like to think about what I want to do. I like to write things down. Like I got, to the uh, uh, the building on Tuesday night, late, uh, and I saw Joey, and he had some basic parameters for what we were going to do. And once I knew kind of a framework, I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> the ADD, the ADHD kicks in. I get to my room, I unpack, I pull out my pad, and I can't stop writing and I'm writing and, and it's just this crazy thing I do uh, by the time I got to bed it was quarter to four and that's just because I couldn't shut my brain off but that's sure. how I would watch this show uh, you know, and, because I felt like in my heart of hearts I thought that there was potential for me to go there I, I just I don't know what it is call it uh, it was out there in the ether I just felt that there was a possibility there and I wanted to be there so I have this crazy collection of marble notebooks of just different spots for different guys. And if they ever come through fruition, the people see some really cool shit. Uh, <laughs> they do. But, uh, I'm a huge Rand Randy Savage fan who is famous for writing Pain stuff down. And, yep. and that's how my brain works. So I have this crazy collection of marble notebooks of random notes that if anybody opened it up, they can never sort out what's head or tails but i know where everything is it's that crazy add adhd brain probably with a little bit of ocd in there too socially awkward craziness <laughs> mad scientist collection of marble notebooks in my house my wife will say uh what do you want me to do i go just leave it there and don't touch anything don't touch it just leave it there just leave it and, there <laughs> and each one has three pens with a with little hook thing that's on the the pen cap three pens are loaded just in case again uh ocd three pens are just in case two pens manage to run out out of ink and i have an idea i'm not going to miss it it gets written down oh that's so, ocd uh, all right it was really fun <laughs> yeah it was absolutely fun i i have one on my nightstand if i get up to take a piss in the middle of the night and i think it's 
and that has happened. I'll write it down. It's crazy. But that's how passionate, how much I love this shit. And uh, I even, I'm sorry, ADD tangent. What was the question now? So who, like, what talents that, like, you, the younger talent-wise, yeah. yeah. Who stood out, who stood out to you so far? Actually being there, too. I watch as a fan, and as a fan, it's a weird combination of fan slash worker of guys that I know I could do special stuff with. Uh, one of the guys, everybody, I know I could do great stuff with Darby, C, C, CM Punk, Moxie. Guys are always going to say that. One of the guys I would love to work, and everybody's, like everybody will guess, and I've done other in, interviews, I would love to work with Fuego. I love being a base. I love being a modern day psychosis, the guy that I've done a lot of that stuff. I still do some of that stuff, but I know how to take all of that stuff. Right, right. And I like taking moves like that and having it make sense. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody. Oh, fuck Crowbar. He didn't say there's so many guys on that roster that I know that I could work well with. Whether it happens or not, whether this becomes the one-off or what, who the hell knows? Rest assured, rest assured, there's a lot of notes somewhere <laughs> in the Ford household. There's, there's multiple black and white marble notebooks with notes for the majority of the people on that roster, at least a handful of spots because I'm <laughs> that kind of crazy. Well, you mentioned it too. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? I'm just saying I'm that kind of crazy. Yeah, so. yeah, man. Well, you talk about like the new style and all that stuff and like your character criticizes it. But you also mentioned like how a lot of the stuff you learn to do safe. Do you think a lot of from an outsider, pers- uh, from a non-wrestler, like coming from me or coming from even just a fan on Twitter, say, may see like a spot happen or a crazy new kind of spot go down you're like oh man that's dangerous but from a wrestler's perspective do you think it's kind of a misnomer that like hey guys know how to do these things safer than you think like is is do you think that's kind of more can uh from a lock from a younger perspective from a younger dynamic uh, that do these kind of moves would it be you see that stuff and you're like okay they know how to do they know what they're doing in regards to it or is there a lot of times you're like oh man that's kind of dangerous let's first go back to my character shitting on modern style sure yeah so i've well documented i've crapped on the spot monkeys and uh, (laughs) the garbage wrestlers and stuff i like to think i'm i am a recovering spot monkey i'm probably one of the if you go back and watch some of my early matches all it is is crazy flippity floppity stuff uh if you go to jcw after hours it's on youtube it's a free show I work with Ricky Shane Page, and you know, well, I it's very well documented that I bury death matches and garbage wrestlers. <laughs> They're the lowest of the low, and they don't appeal just to the ilk, but to the bottom feet and ilk <laughs> in the bowels in the of bowels. the demographic. <laughs> David Arquette likes to mingle in these circles. Out, that's my verb. So anyway, we have this crazy, crazy match, and. I get booked with Ricky Shane Page. Again, I'm just getting acclimated and starting to know these names. I don't know Ricky Shane Page. Brett calls me from JCW, and he sends me some links. 
and I'm watching Ricky Shane Page, and I learned that he's known for being a deathmatch guy. Sure, yeah. And I'm watching these other matches. Shit, Ricky Shane Page can wrestle, and he could high fly. And I, it's, I watched two matches, and I'm OCD with it. I'm watching them again and again, taking notes. And this guy could go, and I'm starting to get excited about working with this guy and i started thinking he's larger than me but he can move and i started thinking of all the crazy shit we could do but make it make sense so well documented that my character doesn't like the garbage wrestling and death matches and that crowd freaking loves that shit so what would be appropriate wrestling psychology wise if you go back and watch that match we do we start wrestling. It breaks down. It gets a little crazier. I do more traditional hardcore stuff. And then Ricky pulls out the light tubes. Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of this match, the guy that talks shit about deathmatch wrestling and their low-life fans, I get powerbombed on top of a guardrail with a bundle of 12 light tubes on top of it. Glass goes flying, and I fall victim to the one thing that I've been shitting on for about a year. You're right. Yeah. Poetic justice. Yes. <laughs> but it was, and I'm not going to give away how it was done safely. And that took a lot of, it took time. It took thought. It took energy uh, done extremely safely. And the fans saw something that was great. Something that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, when you're I, passionate I, about something, putting in the time is not a hassle. You get, enthusiastic about it. you get energetic about it like i knew what a great finish would be if i went through a bundle of fucking light tubes after talking shit on this fan base's favorite form of wrestling so i i i became enthusiastic i became energetic about how can i do this make it look incredible and still come out where I could go to work Monday where you can still do it. Yeah. Where you can still go and do physical therapy for somebody else on Monday. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that leads me into my next question too, is, uh, have you physical therapy being a physical therapist has been all people might not know, but it's been a long part of your life for oh, 23 were, years, 23 years. So, uh, have you ever considered like incorporating that into a pro wrestling persona too, in a lot of ways, funny story. Uh, and I have mentioned it in some of my promos. Like I said, the character is just that came about the egotistical, crazy crowbar that happened over the course of many backyard parties with Danny Doring, Roadkill, Little Guido, Bull James, who are all like family. And uh, over the years, we would say, why the fuck are you still doing you have a business, you got the wife, you got, why are you still doing this? And, 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 they'll go, and they all come to the same conclusion. They go, you're frigging sick. There's something, you can't not do it. You just, and you just don't do it like Tito or like Virgil. You don't go, you go out there and, and you do all this crazy stuff. And, and, and all I can say is I love it. It's an addiction. I feel alive when I do it. And we're all hanging out in the pool, having a couple beers. They go, just be that character. Be Chris Ford if Chris Ford was a prick. You know, talk about how good your life is. And I'm not being snarky at all. Sure. I'm no, yeah. It's thankful just... to God. Thankful. Thank God. Thank all my good fortune, luck, whatever. And they go, be if 
you were to be a dick, who would you be? And that's who the character became. And it's, you know, I say I'm a family man. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I own a business. I'm a healthcare provider for 23 years. I pursued physical therapy and wrestling at the exact same time. I did WCW and WWE, the light heavyweight division, while I was still in school, I was flying out and doing all this wild shit. And that was before online classes. That was before I was, I, I had to carry my books around. Not very popular in the locker no, room. No, no, no. In any locker room. I, you know, I took a lot of abuse for that, but it made me a stronger person. But, uh, and now again, I'm rambling and ADD. Now, <laughs> where were we? So I was asking about, um, like uh oh geez i lost track too <laughs> i ramble i'm sorry no that's okay so we were talking about um what physical was therapy physical yes, therapy and like incorporating okay. that into your persona yeah a cool thing that not many people know about was uh during physical therapy school i had gotten a break to do nitro mm -hmm. i worked with conan on that for the mexican heavy heavyweight championship that's when i had had the bodysuit the really bad neon green with the mullet Oh, uh, awful. But, uh, and Conan was so good to me. He's such a great guy. Uh, during that time, I also did the WWE light heavyweight division, you know, when they were doing that against Takamichi Nuku, Brian Christopher, and oh, some yeah. other matches. The one match for the tournament was, uh, Taka. The other one was for shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, but it was being discussed at that time. WWE did not have an on their own trainer so there was actually several conversations back and forth uh that i would be in an on the road physical therapist for the talent and also be talent yeah and that went back and forth and it just dropped off it just never happened i'm i'm not sure if if wwe just you know I would have just graduated with no experience as a physical therapist. Perhaps that was it. Maybe they decided to guess. I'm really not sure why it dropped off, uh, but that was actually spoken about for quite some time. And uh, it just never came through, you know, fruition, unfortunately. Wow. Or, how about that? Or fortunately, I'm very happy with how my life turned out. So absolutely. Yeah. Fortunately, it didn't happen. Yeah. The cards fell where they may, right? Yes. <laughs> so. and, 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 and I couldn't be more pleased. So it's God has, has, has a plan. Not trying to be preachy at all, but no, I, that's okay. I, I do believe that. I'm you know? with you too, brother. I'm with you too. On Thank that. you. So now the show that you have coming up is in, now I asked, <laughs> I already forgot how to pronounce Total it. Total New Jersey. Total New Jersey. It is the, what is it? The K? No, it's not the K. ISPW. The I, ISPW. And you're facing a young talent too, but also a veteran as well, though, and Rich Swan coming up. Um, talk about uh, working with him. Have you worked with him before? Because he's also from the New Jersey area too, I think. Correct? I met Rich Swan once at uh, Joey Janela's spring break two or three years ago. Uh -huh. We hit it off great. And this is a funny thing. At my practice, we have a whole DVD collection. And one of the regular things we watch, I love stupid movies. One of the regular watches in my facility is Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah. And I was always a huge fan of Rich Swan's work. Incredible athlete. Unbelievable. But I saw him win a match in WWE. I'm not sure if it was 205 Live or whatever, but I was watching him. I always liked his work. And at 
the end, he did a dance and it was basically the dead Bernie dance. And I popped huge. And not many people knew what it was. I saw him as I go, dude, I know what that was. That was the that was dead Bernie. And I friggin' popped. So you have no idea. I popped like crazy. And he knew and he could see how excited I was about it. He that he finished the match. He, he went over and he, and he did the dead Bernie dance. And I popped bigger than probably anybody else on, on the planet. So we had a cool conversation there. We've never worked. I, I believe he may have been pulled from the card, unfortunately. I think TNA oh. maybe, or uh, Impact maybe taping that day. Oh, I see. Okay, unfortunately. Okay. So I'm not quite sure who it's going to be, uh, but whoever it is, I can guarantee you that I'm going to work my ass off and have some fun. Yeah, you'll lay it down, man. You'll lay it yes. down. <laughs> and I'm very confident that ISPW, Tommy Fiora will come up with a very suitable replacement there has been some names thrown around but i can't i i can't say until they're done he runs a rock solid operation over there i know from like the wrestling always has, the 80s yes. and everything like that so he's a he's a yeah. pro so he knows he knows what he's doing for sure yeah so you talked about video games have you been playing anything recently or uh have you taken i made a post the other night it's been super busy getting ready for you know even before i knew i was definitely going preparing for the possibility and a lot of as a pro wrestler, if there's the slightest chance, you got to prepare. You can't wait. So I've been preparing. I run a business. I like being a present. I love my family. I like being a present father and, and a husband. So been super, super busy. Uh, last, what was it? Sunday, I might have made the post, or was it Monday? Sunday. I sat down, and I had about an, an, an hour. I just needed to decompress right, a little yeah. bit. I put in Star Wars Battlefront. It never gets old. I love it. I love Battlefront 1. I love Battlefront 2. I usually gravitate towards Battlefront 1. I love Tatooine. I love the Sullust board. I love and en I love Endor. And I just, for a solid hour, I sat down in the dark, put it on the big screen, and I just immersed myself in playing Battlefront. And it, it, that's my happy place. It was awesome. Battlefront is a good one. I loved it when I was in college. And so that was when it was like on the Xbox and stuff. And they just yeah. had the, the original ones. And uh, I started playing the new ones. I'm awful at the new ones. <laughs> I'm so bad. I love the old. I have the old ones too. I, I've been playing the, the Battlefront one for PS4. I do have one and two for the original Xbox, which in many ways, I, I think they're superior because you get to so. choose it. You get to choose where you go and the everything. soldier that you're going to be and all that and get yeah. to choose it. I like the air battle where you actually land in the enemy's starship back in yeah. And uh, I love the new games graphics. I love the gameplay, but the overall, the things you could do on the originals, I think were superior to what's going on right now. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Did you get to talk to about a, uh, anything non-wrestling with any of the AEW guys backstage? I had a lot of Star Wars conversations with some people, of course. Uh, and it's talking video games in the locker room is great because back when I was, you couldn't, <laughs> their age, you couldn't, you, you know, it was, they got to go out there and tear it up and be a nut. And uh, it just wasn't me culturally. So this locker room really fit uh, who I am now, but it would have fit who I was. 
20 years ago or 25 years ago. And uh, it, it was very welcoming. And it seemed like a bunch of, and not to be disrespectful, a bunch of kids like I was that just fucking love wrestling I and love, love wrestling. and are thankful to be there and thankful to be doing something that they love. And 19, 20, 21 year old, what have you, Chris Ford would have loved to have been in that locker room, but 47 year old Chris Ford loved being in that locker room. It was awesome. I, I could imagine. I could imagine. Is there, um, in re- regards to like kind of getting back there, like being in there, uh, was there some uh, people that you haven't seen in a while that you were like, oh man, it's great to see you again, kind of thing like that? Is any uh, veterans? It was great seeing. It was great seeing Chris Daniels. Uh, yeah, I used to see Kenny Omega a lot at the Jersey All uh, All Pro shows, and that was awesome. I took a ton of pictures uh, back in the day. Again, taboo to be taking pictures in in the locker room. You know, you don't want to be a mark, whatever. And also, too, there. Just wasn't the good camera phones, you know. You had to carry. Oh, yeah, on you stuff. had the pixelated. So I missed out on so many great pictures. Kenny Omega, the Bucks, Punk. I mean, uh, all the talent. Uh, it's I. I went around to everybody, and I got my pictures. And and I don't care. Uh, I may post some. Some are just for my own personal consumption, and let to show my family. My wife love and and I do, we love the acclaimed. Yeah, oh, uh, I had to get a video message for my wife. So I, so when I came home, I was the man because I got Max Caster and Anthony Bowens to do uh, a message for my wife. Which did they uh, do the rap and stuff? They did not do a rap, <laughs> but I have been instructed if I could, if I could pull it off for her birthday, December, she would love a rap. I will totally clear them, burying me as a husband, whatever it takes. Uh, I think they're entertaining as hell and it's a lot of fun. You know, they're just good heels, you know, just good scummy heels, you know. Uh, and there's so many of those guys too, like somebody like a Bones and even and Matt Caster too. What an so, athlete. Both of them great athletes and big dudes. They're big yeah. dudes. But yeah. and there's so much of that, those guys too, and so much of those talents that are in tag teams right now. But you can there's yeah. so many of them that you can see, like, oh, they could kill it in singles competition too. They could make their own, you know, kind of if that gets to be like, you know, it's could You could definitely work with as a singles guy. And uh, like I said that too, even too, like, uh, FTR was there. Awesome. Uh, great. And just the company as a whole, one of the things that I believe really drew me to, uh, is if you go back in my career, there was Devin storm, but a large part of my independent career, as well as WCW Saturday night, as well as, WWF, you know, uh, was tag wrestling myself with Ace Darling. I love, love tag wrestling. Even with David Flair, David was limited, but I still, we still tried to tell it. I'm a huge fan of tag wrestling. And for so long, it seemed like it dropped off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. I used to love watching NWA, WCW Saturday night, and we were discussing you would watch a tag match and you would have two commercial breaks. They told a story and you know, you can't have that long of a match now unless it's a pay-per-view or something in general, not all the time. You know, there have been exceptions, but tag matches generally don't go that long, but seeing tag tag team wrestling come back uh, the way that it has is just one of the things that I love watching there. I, I love tag wrestling. So it was, it's great seeing it make that 
come back. I love uniform tag teams, guys that wear yes. similar stuff, not just not tags that look like two singles guys. Yeah, they've just paired them up together. Yeah, they match. People look. Uh, uh, I got to meet the butcher and, and let the blade, the and blade. Uh, oh, I've only watched them prior on TV and great. I, I love their, I love their look. They look like two dirty, nasty, friggin' burly heels and meeting these guys. They were absolute sweethearts. And I, I'm, I was such a mark for watching these guys getting to meet them there and see what just awesome human beings, just such great. And tell you that, but the butcher looks like this scary, scary. And I hate to kill his character. Such a sweetheart of, of a guy. And, and I really enjoyed watching both of them. They're both guys that genuinely love wrestling from what, from my short limited exchanges with them. Uh, I really had a good time talking with them and it, it, but the whole locker room was just really, really great. But uh, like I said, I'm a huge sucker for tag team wrestling and it was, it's great seeing it brought back and the guys that are doing it there are just super nice guys. It was cool. Oh, it's, and that, it's so funny. You mentioned the butcher and the blade because Marcus on the show, due to you down my dudes, we always butcher. We're big fans of the butcher. Like I like, I love the blade too, but we, we talk about like how he could, very much get over as like this singles top top star as like this like almost like this creepy undertaker-esque but like jack the ripper more so kind of they're scary aren't they wrestling <laughs> characters yeah fucking scary and i and i love that i love it but i it's i don't know it's it, they're just they're just something about them that i just really really like absolutely man uh so okay we're running out of time again but I do want to get to uh, ask you too about just uh, overall. Now that the dust has settled on a lot of things when it comes to Star Wars and the universe, what what are you like looking forward to going forward with Star Wars? And uh, you all, last time we did the interview, you had a great pitch about like who Smoke Snoke could have been and all that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. What's I, I, what's your State of the Union address when it comes to Star Wars right now? There have been rumblings. Yes. There have been whispers, there has been rumors that if that they may use the world between worlds to rewrite the Star Wars timeline. Really? I when I initially saw The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, I it was cool to go see him just because I was so deprived. I needed Star Wars in my life. I needed anything. And I watched him and I just didn't like him so much. I did I I didn't like the way Luke was treated. Luke shows up in the Mandalorian. Right. I cried. It, it was, I, I, I lost my shit. Uh, I lost my shit when I saw Boba Fett, when I saw Luke and me and my son both collectively, I forget what episode it was when they were storming the Imperial base and uh, they hop on Slave One and Slave One is taking off into the atmosphere and the TIE fighters are pursuing it. And I look at my 13-year-old son, I go, oh, my God, they're going to use a seismic bomb again. They're going to use a seismic. And it drops out of Slave 1. Burnt. We lost our shit. It was just such a great throwback. I, I wanted to see that so bad. So huge fan of Rebels. I, you know, And it does make sense if you read the novels. Prior to Mandalorian, Luke Skywalker waited to train Ben Solo to start the Jedi. 
he now has a new student in Grogu. So by Ahsoka living and telling the Mandalorian to bring Grogu to the rock, he becomes a first student. That stitch in time has changed. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see a stitch where we see a kick-ass, evolved, badass Jedi Luke Skywalker. I'm a huge fan of the Heir to the Empire Thrawn trill- trilogy. When I first got signed to WCW, I read those books three times while I, I was flying around. I, I love Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, the characters that Timothy Zahn created in those stories are they're timeless. They're awesome. hey, there I, you go. <laughs> Thrawn is an awesome heel. I and the rumor is that a lot of those aspects will be incorporated into Mandalorian, Ooh, nice. Ahsoka, and all these shows coming up. If you, I follow Mike Zero. I follow uh, what the hell is, is is his name? Uh, damn it! I <laughs> I love his name, and I can't think of it now. Add. Uh, <laughs> I would help, but I, you're you're the expert. Doomcock. Doomcock. Victor Van Doomcock. He wears a mask and he's usually right on about this. So these guys have, I, I'm a junkie for watching Star Wars rumors and I don't have the time to read the comics with work and all, but I'll, guys will post the comics and narrate them and I'll listen to them as I'm doing. So I'm a junkie for, I'm horrible. I'm a big kid like that. So I'm hoping they utilize the world between worlds as seen in Rebels, and they somehow change this awful time. Maybe Ben Solo never turns. How cool would it be as a viewer if he never turns, but as the viewer, knowing what happens in The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and so what he could potentially become? Right. So you see times where he's maybe attempted or this or that, and you as the viewer, Ben in that timeline has no idea. Luke has no idea, but you as a viewer know in this alternate what he's capable of becoming. And I think that's deep as hell. That's nice. You know what? And with those kind of stories, and I look at it from, I grew up an X-Men fan. And then I also really love the Mortal Kombat universe as well. And yes. both of them, like, I mean, you look at Age of Apocalypse with X-Men. So you can kind of be yeah. like, hey, look at what could have happened. This is what's yeah. really happening. But same with Mortal Kombat. They've done a beautiful job with seeming their universe in and out and making things I make love sense. it. Yep. Have you been, are you a fan of Mortal Kombat and stuff too? I watched the last movie and I loved it. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen the newest movie actually. So oh, I, got I know I got to yeah. check that out. I've been playing the video awesome. game though and everything like yeah. that. So. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot, I, you know, you can make it work, you know, that's the thing yes. with Star Wars is you can make it work and it's such a, and, such a deep lore, you know, so. And Dave Filoni created that vehicle, you know, like sometimes you hear time travel, ah, cli- ah the very cliche, they're going to erase it. Is that they made that temple and the way it looked in rebels was so cool. And you heard all these events echoing in this temple and universe, the world between worlds, they did it so well. You know, it wasn't jumping through a time pearl. It it was like this bridge and alternate destinies. And you saw all the different outcomes. I would love to see that in the live action. And I, I, I would love for that to be a way for Disney to not erase the 
episode seven, eight, nine, but maybe that's an alternate universe, universe. that that just happens to suck. <laughs> and they create this new one that's just way, way better. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can do it. They can do it the right way. You know, yeah. it's just like get all the BS. You don't even see old ones. It's yeah. just an alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. That just happens to suck. And you can make references to it even if you want. It's a, you got the same characters. You can have yeah. the same. They just have a different path. Different path. It will work great. Crowbar. Like I said, that if <laughs> if Ben Solo never turns and he becomes a powerful Jedi under his uncle Luke, but you, the viewer, know what he could potentially become if he goes down the wrong path. That's that's deep and that's awesome yes yes and there's an audience always an audience for star wars so yes you know rope them all back in you know uh, i'm already roped in ready just <laughs> you're, you're good to go you're good to go <laughs> yes <laughs> so anything you want to plug how do they follow you on twitter anything else you want to get get across obviously the is pw show coming up november 19th is the date i think i believe it's the 19th i am pretty much on twitter i opened up an instagram i just don't have time to do it i'm sorry (laughs) i'm on twitter i finally have merch it's on pwts oh uh for the first time in my entire career it's the crowbar tattoo very simple and cool i think and uh pwts Ravis, they have a messaging service like Cameo. You get your shoe promo. My promos will be done in traditional new crowbar form, black and white, background, music, subtitles. And don't ask me to be nice because I'm going to be pretty brutal. But it, what you see on my promos, that will be the fashion of the promo you will get uh, that, that you request. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. All right, Crowbar. Thanks, man. We're running out of time. So thanks, everybody. A lot uh, of fun. And, and again, before you go, you jumped on at the very, you <laughs> jumped on at the very beginning before anybody. And I ne- thank you so much. Uh, immensely grateful. And you're friggin' great, dude. It's Thank you so pleasure, much. Crow. It's my pleasure, man. You're, you're the man. So I, you got to get you're it across. The, you're, you're the man. <laughs> you're the man, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later.